Hi, this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you to another podcast. We're so grateful that you could join us today for this really kind of a review of an experience at the boardwalk, Disney's boardwalk. There's an architectural expression that form follows function. But in our recent stay at Disney's Boardwalk and Villas, we found that the unique form that creates Boardwalk's turn-of-the-century charm can sometimes stand in the way, or at least make one forget, that function does still really kind of matter. We'll look at different elements of a stay from arrival and check-in to rooms themselves. We'll explore restaurants, shopping, and entertainment along the Boardwalk, or the lack thereof, and we'll look at transportation issues. Even, we'll talk a little bit about meetings and conventions. We hope that you have signed up and are um, with DisneyAtWork.com and DisneyAtPlay.com. Those are our two websites, and we hope that you register so you get notice of our upcoming podcast. My apologies. We've been a little less in podcasts the last couple of weeks because of some Uh, business deadlines that I needed to attend to. Got to pay the bills somehow, although it would help. Check out our Patreon account because it offers you a chance to help contribute to this podcast and while receiving incredible value off of the interactive uh, experiences that we provide as you enjoy Disney. I also want to mention, don't forget to um, sign up for J. Jeff Kober at YouTube. That's Kober with K-O-B-E-R because uh, we'll have videos that come out from time to time as well and we'll want to um, check in with those. So make sure that you you join us for all of that. Now, today's conversation, first of all, I have to say we were blessed by um, John and Lori Scally offering a stay at Disney's Boardwalk. It was a brief one. They were, uh, it was kind of a use your points or lose it, but they thought of us and I I was really touched by their gift. And, but I should also mention, we didn't pay anything. In fact, not having anything on the folio at the end of the stay was really, really a cool thing. Um, And I really appreciated their generosity. We had never stayed at the Boardwalk before. Although, I need to kind of caveat on that. Because, actually, while our stay was very short at the boardwalk, I assure you, my involvement with the boardwalk goes even beyond opening day at the boardwalk. I remember creating one of the first electronic apps that showed and showcased the boardwalk, including what all the individual rooms looked like, what all the restaurants were going to be, what all the um, uh, convention and meeting space was going to look like, all of its layouts, pictures. I remember they had um, three um, 3D photos that are 3D graphics that they had created of the boardwalk, which was a very unique thing at that time. It was very innovative, and I, I actually had had drawings that I had put into the app originally. And the manager of our marketing said, no, we need to take those out and put in these these 3D graphics. The British will not buy if they think it's just something drawn 
and hasn't been realized. But they'll think it's real when they see these 3D graphics. So, so I go way back, and I have been, I've been at the boardwalk countless times. I've actually done um, a lot of meetings and groups that I've hosted at the boardwalk, eaten at the restaurants. So I'm kind of familiar with that. And yet, staying overnight, that was something completely new, completely different. And, um, and so getting the feel that so many of you do when you are staying on property, that was a real treat for me. And it, it gave me a chance to think about this concept of what this phrase is, form follows function. And what that actually dates to, not to get into a lot of deep architecture here, but as steel became much better from the 18th to the 19th century, about the same time as these turn of the century boardwalks, they were able to make taller and taller and taller buildings. And yet architects were saying, well, still, the architecture of the building should, even though it's going to be bigger and higher, should still reflect the work inside of it. And so the idea was not that it was partly, yes, you have to pay attention to the function, but there's still room for the form. In other words, you need to pay attention to how many square feet and what goes here and what goes there and all the functionalities, but there's still room to celebrate and to, and to create artistry and expression and creativity within that space. Well, here, my observation at Disney's Boardwalk is that the form, the artistry, the beauty of it, kind of got in front of the function of it. And I'll show you uh, several examples as we go through this. The first is just simply the arrival check-in. Now, mind you, if you're coming from Magical Express, we'll talk about that a little later, you don't experience this. If you, if you use valet, you won't experience this at all. But if you park a car like we do, then suddenly it becomes the, the, the hike across because there's this river, or not river, but, but canal that separates the parking lot from um, the boardwalk and it escalates, it goes uphill. So you actually arrive um, in the lobby on a second floor and it's really, it's really not guest friendly to have to commute from the parking lot to um, to the lobby. That said, is there per square foot a more gorgeous lobby? Now, mind you, Grand Floridian um, is enormous and other spaces, hotel spaces like Wilderness Lodge and Animal Kingdom, huge, but in, this is a more intimate model, more akin to the Yacht and Beach um, Club Resorts. And, uh, but I got to tell you, for the square footage it is, every inch of it drips with ornateness and beauty. And in a, in a lavish kind of look and feel that, that Disney's Grand Floridian doesn't come close to approximating. It has lots of wonderful wonderful to be studied details. We could do a whole podcast around just the lobby and and the main guest areas of the boardwalk. So it's very cool. All that said and done, another cool thing that's come along is online check-in, which offers a lot of benefits to it. In fact, it's so good 
why would you even need to go to the lobby? Why can't you go straight to your room? Well, the problem is, is that all signage stems from the lobby. And ironically, there is no map, unless I'm missing something, there is no map on the app as to where the rooms are. And it is just a nightmare trying, to, because the whole thing is so sprawling. And I haven't even gotten to the hotel side, which is a very cool side. But from our end of it, the villa side, the DPC villa side, it is a long sprawling walk in any set of directions. And if you don't have it right to begin with, you end up making some mistakes. And so it's really kind of frustrating. And then when I finally got there, I thought, if I had known where this room was, I could have gotten to it in, in a fraction of the time that it took me following physical science to get there. Now, the one thing that was very different that I don't get to experience was the rooms. And again, step one, the location, kind of painful. Step two, I had been at the Disney Villas at Boulder Ridge at um, Disney's Wilderness Lodge just a number of months ago. And have I already forgotten how to get into a room? It seems to me I could I could use my key card or my, my annual pass card, but it wasn't working, but it did allow me on the app to get in the door using it. That was fine. And they even offered a video as to how it works. I didn't watch the video, but I thought if I held it, you know, a, a quarter of an inch away from the door, it would send the signal to open the door. And so I'm sitting there forever trying to get in this room. And finally it dawned on me, I had to actually tap it with my phone, which I, it was kind of surprising to me from a technology. I don't know why, but that was a little surprising to me from a technology point of view that I had to do that. <laughs> Even worse is, uh, was, was it the f later on that day, very end of the evening, we're coming back to the room and lo and behold, my battery goes dead on my phone. And fortunately, Kath had a uh, cable to to recharge us really quick. Otherwise, I think I would have had to go all the way back up to the boardwalk. I should qualify the statement about the map. Actually, you do get an email indicating that your room is ready and what the room number is and click on the map for, um, for guidance. However, I have to say, I think the map is is poorly done because all it does is tell you which numbers are going to be on the inside. Uh, I'm sorry, on the on the side of the boardwalk, which is the inn, or where they have the hotel rooms, and which side are going to be the villas. When you are at um, uh, the um, exercise room on the main floor, the muscles and bustles, I think is what it's called, the exercise studio or whatever. It's right where you are entering to the main um, feature pool. The rooms really go 
in two different directions. And originally I was confused and thought it was in the direction toward what would be the part that extends along the boardwalk all the way down to Jelly Rolls. In truth, mine was extending out toward um, the, uh, what would be this, Disney's Hollywood Studios in that general direction along the river. So it, it, long and short, you do easily um, get confused. And I don't know why they don't separate out that signage. It just seems that there could be a better job of clarifying some of those things as it relates to to the experience now we had a deluxe studio at the villas and i'm probably not the first person to say that say this but is isn't deluxe studio an oxymoron how can you be a studio and still be deluxe all that said and done i think the room was tremendous I, with the exception of two things, I loved the room. The room was very contemporary, very nice looking, very um, clean. Oh, it was clean. And it was, it was really, I took pictures of it for no other reason than I was thinking of redoing a, um, a bedroom upstairs in our house using those same colors. I loved the color scheme. I loved the use of the white. And I just thought it was a beautiful room. That said and done, two things that I do think are a pain. For some reason, I don't think you get anything bigger than a queen size bed in a deluxe villa. I think in other accommodations, when you get the larger, you know, one bedroom um, or two bedroom uh, suites, you do, but you don't apparently get anything bigger than a queen. That's kind of disappointing. So there's that element of it. And, um, and second, it just wasn't very Disney. In the one situation here where my thesis is, is that maybe the function was calling or following the form, my challenge was is there was no form. There was no, I, I just don't remember thinking back as to what it was that was Disney about the room. And I think that was a little disappointing. One other thing I'll say about the room, which was very, very cool, is that because we were on the first floor, we actually overlooked that long pathway that I talked about that leads from the parking lot all the way up to the boardwalk. So when my wife caught up with me, I said, tell me when you've left your car. I sat out there on the porch and said, waved at her and said, come this way. And she cut through the grass to get to our room. Even better, on our last day, we were getting ready to leave and thinking, oh, I've got to haul all the way back up to the lobby and then all the way back to the parking lot. And lo and behold, it was checkout time. And lo and behold, who should be knocking on our door but the housekeeper? <laughs> I opened the door and said, we're actually ready to leave. And by the way, could you do us a favor? And we had her, we had her um, come behind us and locked the patio door so we could literally leave the resort um, from the from our patio and not have to go back up through the lobby. So that was that was terrific all in all. And actually, I think there are some doorways further down the hallway. But that that was the best thing to just be able to leave from our patio door. Um, and I have to say, 
because of that and because we were on the first floor and not using elevators and all that, my wife never did go through the lobby during her stay. I did to try to figure out where everything was. She never did. Now, she's been in the lobby scores and scores of times before because we were often over at Walt Disney World. But but I just found that to be very interesting. Uh, this combination of the, the rooms is a our juxtaposition too. By the way, I have to also say something about the rooms on the inside or on the that are rented out that are not part of the DVC unit. They are lovely rooms. A friend of mine stayed once in a two bedroom and that with which had kind of an upstairs and had its own little cottage garden gated area. It was really it was very cool as a, as a two bedroom room and the quiet pool over there is incredible and and it's beautifully shaded it's just it's a whole world unto itself you kind of see it a little bit from the skyliner as you look out but i i have to say that's that was really cool let's talk about resort transportation and what that looks like of course being a local i don't have the opportunity to uh, appreciate uh, what is Magical Express. Although I was thinking at one time of booking a room and then going out on a business trip and coming back and literally taking Magical Express um, from the airport to the room. But but uh, there's little reason to do that now that Magical Express is going away. And added to that is the fact that the Disney minivan has now been made what seems permanently unavailable. Uh, so you're going to be either taking a taxi, a shuttle of some sort, or you're going to drive your own vehicle, which then puts you in the same category of what I talked about um, with my experience of parking a vehicle out in the parking lot and all of that feeling very distant unless you valet, um, which, you know, then becomes a pretty expensive and, you know, I... I'd rather spend the money on a good meal than spend it on valet with all due respect. Um, when I got there early, I got there way ahead of my wife because I wanted to go over to the Magic Kingdom. So I thought, I'm just going to take So I don't have to deal with parking in the Magic Kingdom parking and walking up to the TTC and taking a monorail. I'll just take a bus from the boardwalk. But lo and behold, when I got there, I realized it was going to be another stated... 40 minutes before the magic next Magic Kingdom bus comes? I thought that was really I, spread out. I, I don't think that's what's normal at Disney. I didn't experience that at Wilderness Lodge. I haven't experienced that on other occasions. In truth, it came in at about 30 minutes, then 40 minutes, which was good. And the distance there, I love the fact that it's just pulling right up to the front of the Magic Kingdom. Now, that's something I don't get to appreciate a whole lot because, uh, again, you have to park way out. And I, I complain about the distance of the parking lot to the hotel, but nothing compares to the parking lot to the Magic Kingdom. So I, I had a big question on the efficiency. I also didn't understand that the app could tell you what the opposite time was which meant I could have spent a few more minutes in the Magic Kingdom rather than sitting at the bus stand. So lesson learned on that. I assume all of you know that, but if you don't know that that's one of the cool things about the app is it does tell you 
when these things are coming and going. So that's that's very cool. Um, the Disney Skyliner. Um, so we went. Well, I'll come back to the Disney Skyliner. The boats are fun. Um, not always the most efficient. Not exactly sure when they're taken off, but they take off on a fairly regular basis. Uh, if you don't want the hassle of walking from Epcot or the studios, you can take the boats, and I think it's a nice it's a nice touch. So I like the boats. A little less efficient, I think, coming back from the studios, as it relates because I think it hits the Swan and Dolphin and the Yacht and Beach before it hits the boardwalk. Um, whereas from Epcot, it goes straight to the boardwalk, a little more efficient in that regard. Um, we had a pass one morning to go to Disney's Hollywood Studios. We were like in route number eight to go on Rise. So I said, Kath, it's a walk over there. Let's just walk on over there. We'll just do Rise. She has only done it once. I've done it probably about 20, 25 times. Um, and so I really wanted this for her. Didn't wasn't something I needed during a resort stay, and she was really interested in that. Unfortunately, we got over there and Rise wasn't operating, wasn't working, and that was really disappointing. So we waited and waited and waited, and finally we had to go back to check out of our rooms. So we kind of left. She's her her one statement was, "Well, at least can we take the Skyliner back?" So. Hey, absolutely. We could take the Skyliner back. And initially, that seems like um, an efficient way to get from the studios. But if you're staying in the villas, not so much. I'm not even sure on the hotel stay. It's really uh, on the hotel side that it's really a more efficient uh, means. It really, you're having to go through a lot. And by then, it was 10 o'clock in the morning and people were well lined up for the... Skyliner to go to Epcot from Caribbean Beach. And noticeably, as we passed through the Riviera Station, the long line of people waiting at the Riviera Station for an available, again, COVID, only one group per Skyliner. So that made that those waits a lot longer. I felt bad for the Riviera folks, in short, um, who seemed to be in a long wait. It was still a nice journey, and we got back there, and we got to our room, and so forth. Um, but I gotta tell you, honestly, from an efficiency point of view, walking to both Epcot and the studios is just a very efficient thing, and I don't mind walking, so I thought that was one of the very attractive things about the boardwalk. And, um, now, what we haven't really talked about, we've talked about the resort stay of the, the house, but we haven't really talked about the Boardwalk Entertainment Center, which really is a whole different operation, except for the fact that this is really where most of your amenities come from, is, is in the food and beverage and the shopping and, and some of the recreation that comes, uh, entertainment that comes via this. Um, and so when we stayed at the boardwalk again, recognizing we're in the middle of a pandemic, it's not going to be as good, but while it still was pretty, it had this feeling of 2005, 2010 Pleasure Island, where it just, nothing was happening anymore. 
just look at what um, Traditorial Forno, that was available breakfast and dinner. The pizza window is available noon through evening. The Abracadabar, available late afternoon through evening. And the Boardwalk Bakery was available all day. Did not know that there was um, that there was uh, an option to uh, mobile order at both the pizza and the Boardwalk Bakery. Didn't make a big difference because there really wasn't a wait. And I got to tell you, that Boardwalk Bakery has these coconut macaroons. I, I, I can't. I can't ever tell the difference between the macaron, macaron, where you have like the raspberry one at France and a macaroon. At any rate, never quite get that languaging right. But at any rate, was delicious, fantastic. But that said, with those four things noted, the Flying Fish, unavailable. The Big River Grill and Brewing Works, unavailable. The ESPN Club, unavailable. The Funnel Cake Cart, unavailable. The... Boardwalk Joe's Marvelous Margaritas, though we don't drink, unavailable. The to-go cart, unavailable. Um, and Ample Hills Creamery, oh, yeah, that's left. And that was really good. Added to that, the resort-style amenities, while Leaping Horse Libations, again, I don't drink. That's available from 11 through evening. But the Bellevue Lounge was unavailable. So let me just say, one of the things that's a real disappointment with the Boardwalk is that unless that lounge, Bellevue Lounge is open, if there's rain, there wasn't that day, but if there's rain or storming, you gotta go outside in all of that muck to get something to eat. And that that just doesn't fly for me. So there was way too much on the boardwalk um, that was closed. Now, recreation side, actually that was pretty good. The pools, opened and in my opinion improved getting rid of that crazy carrot top clown thing was well i'm, I'm a little disappointing how um you know they essentially put a billboard where <laughs> of mickey and minnie in the newer uh shape and style it, it, it's it, it's a little lacking but anything, anything was an improvement from having that clown there. Uh, the recreation hall for DVC guests particularly, that was open. Fishing tennis uh, available. Jogging is a great thing around Crescent Lake there. Um, by the way, the irony of all this is, did you know that that's what you call the lake in front of the boardwalk, Crescent Lake? Um, that's actually where we live, is Crescent Lake. So, so little, little irony there. Surrey bikes that you take around, the four pedal. Now, nah, those aren't available. The arcade was available. The Muscles and Bustles Fitness Club was available. That was cool. Um, shopping and entertainment. Uh, back down again. Um, you Disney Character Carnival, Screen Door, Thimbles and Thread. I don't know why they name them three different stores when in reality it's all kind of one amalgamation. But they were open. The Wyland Gallery, unavailable. Jelly Rolls, unavailable. Atlantic Dance Hall, unavailable. Nighttime Streetmosphere, anything, unavailable. The Sideshow Games, unavailable. You, you get the message here. Um, out of uh, 
14 of the 18 features on the boardwalk in terms of food, entertainment, shopping. 14 of those 18 features on the boardwalk were not available when we were there. That left four things in its place. A couple of restaurants and, and the gift shop. Again, all of them you have to leave the hotel and go outside to get to. So disappointing. Now, one thing that probably many of you have not seen is the conference convention meeting space. I have to say this is one beautiful meeting space. Not that the Yacht and Beach is bad by any means. They are beautiful too. But this one is, it's a little more intimate a size like Grand Floridian, maybe even slightly smaller than Grand Floridian, but it is a beautiful, ornate, lovely space. And for me, who lives nearby, having to do those events or deliver seminars and keynotes or, you know, organize those events, it is very accessible because the parking is right across the way from that space. But if you're staying on property, not quite as much. Not that some of the others aren't so great either. The Yacht and Beach is kind of more central. Um, but there is only one entrance into that convention space from the direction of the hotels. Um, it's all outside walking, although I think it's covered, but still weird and poor design. This is a case of function after form and not really thinking through um, the design. Um, and so, Actually, it's it, it's a great place to hold something like a wedding reception, but figure out where that bride's going to get ready before you hold that event because you don't want her having to traps all the way through from some hotel room on the other side. So, so I will say this. Um, I do still very much love the resort because it is a beautiful resort and because I like its location. It is more the epicenter. It's more at that halfway point than Yacht and Beach or Swan and Dolphin um, between Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Both are easily walking distance, and I think that's a huge favor. Plus, it's kind of in the middle of the resort. So, um, you know, it's only... you If you stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge or if you stayed at Saratoga Springs, or if you stayed at the Contemporary, you have to really haul, say, from the Contemporary over to Disney Springs or the Contemporary over to Disney's Animal Kingdom. Here, the haul isn't so bad to any of those three spaces, other spaces that aren't connected to your hotel. So it's a lot more reasonable, in my opinion, to get to places like Animal Kingdom and Disney Springs and the Magic Kingdom. Also, if I were doing the Magic Kingdom, I think I would be more in favor, and this is, again, Epcot going back to earlier hours, but, well, I might go either way. What I, what I probably would do, well, no, this is what I'd probably do for Magic Kingdom. I'd take a bus over to the Magic Kingdom at the beginning of the day and then take monorails. Now, this is impossible now because of the pandemic, because the Epcot line isn't open between the TTC and Epcot. But when that reopens, I'd be taking the monorail right over to TTC, TTC to Epcot, go all the way through Epcot to the back and then walk um, back to the boardwalk. So I love the 
idea of 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 park hopping because it's just it's it's a really that makes the modern the magic kingdom a little more interesting because at least half of that journey i can take a monorail let me summarize of all these things the the arrival experience is not a customer friendly experience in my view unless you pay a huge amount for the valet um or you're taking magical express which is again going away the lobby is gorgeous but almost unnecessary um Rooms are fairly functional, but not really fun. The boardwalk offers 18 features, but they all require, in terms of food, beverage, entertainment, shopping, they all require going outside of the hotel. And 14 of those 18 features are not even open at this time. The boardwalk still offers great recreation and the par property is sandwiched well between two important Disney parks. Finally, the conference convention facility is accessible to visitors, but not necessarily so accessible to those actually staying at the hotel. It's kind of a hassle to get in and out. So those are my kind of summary points on Disney's boardwalk. Uh, first of all, I. I'm just grateful to the Scallies that they gave me a gave us a chance to stay there. It was a treat, and I do love the boardwalk. I would, despite these challenges, I wouldn't necessarily want to stay again there during the during a pandemic. But if I were going to purchase DVC points, I think that while I love the concept of being so close in proximity at the beach club. It's still a better mix. I don't know that maybe. I mean, the other advantage of the Beach Club is it's approximate and very adjacent to the Skyliner to go to the studios. But I like the location. I think there's a lot to be said about the location, and and it, when the boardwalk works, it's fun. I would appreciate. I never felt, aside from the ho from staying at the hotel over the years, I've always felt that the boardwalk was missing something. You know, Walt talked about there being kind of a, a carrot at the end of the stick or a weenie at the end of the stick. I always felt like I was missing that. You kind of saw it at the Atlantic Dance Hall, which is a beautiful facility, but most people aren't, a lot of people aren't necessarily into that and families is not necessarily the right fit. I always felt like it was missing a Ferris wheel or at least a carousel. If nothing else, that little carousel that they have at Disney Springs, which doesn't even really make sense at Disney Springs. I don't, you know, other than it's kind of park-like setting. I think that carousel should have been at the boardwalk. And I think that would have made a very lovely thing. A little train, a little children's tie, top train, kind of again like Disney Springs, that could go around the Christmas tree and the grass area. I love that little grass area. I think that would be that would be cute too. I think I think just a little bit more to the boardwalk has always been needed. And I'd like to think, I think that Disney saw this as a great opportunity to provide nighttime entertainment to a very strong conference and convention group. You got Swan and Dolphin, you got uh, 
Yacht and Beach, you got Boardwalk, they all have conference convention space. That was supposed to do that for them. But you still have families and you still have others who want to come and visit. And I think they've missed the mark on that. And so I, I, I but I, I do love the space. And I would say that would be a consideration if I were a DVC member or wanting to purchase DVC points. I'd make that one of my considerations because it is a very lovely property. And in terms of thematic detail and whimsical design, it's, it's really amazing. Now, if we could improve a little bit of function, starting with the parking lot. Well, that does it for today's podcast. We thank you for joining us and be assured we got many more ahead of us. Lots of things to see and do and talk about and uh, some folks we plan on inviting and uh, joining us on the show. So be sure that you subscribe, whether it's iTunes or some Podbean or whatever, make sure you subscribe so you're notified of new podcasts as they come out. Make sure you also, if you have a chance, just go over to iTunes and give us a nice rating. If possible, we, we really could use all the encouragement as we are the little podcast that could. Hey, again, thank you for joining us. We hope that you have a terrific day. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.